Welcome back to Living While Dying, an ALS story from Minnesota Public Radio News. I'm Kathy Worzer. The holidays can be a difficult time if you or a loved one are living with a serious health issue. Those with a terminal illness and their loved ones find the holidays bittersweet. Wisps of grief drift amid the twinkling lights, decorations, and brightly wrapped gifts. Sometimes acknowledged but often unspoken is the fear that maybe this Christmas will be the last. It was around Christmas time in 2010 that Bruce Kramer learned he had amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, or ALS. Christmas of 2014 turned out to be Bruce's last. Bruce loved Christmas, the lights, the decorations, the food, but especially the music. It pained him that in December of 2014, he was not able to get to church as often as he had, getting him ready to get out the door coupled with the drive, the service itself, and the drive home was just too much. It exhausted him, so he participated using his computer. Services were streamed, but he still missed the connection of his church community, especially his beloved choir. So the choir came to him. Members of the Good Samaritan United Methodist Church Choir of Edina, Minnesota, crowded into Kramer's small living room on a gloomy Sunday afternoon each ready with a special greeting for their friend. Many of them had not seen Bruce in months, and if they were surprised to see him tethered to a breathing machine, they didn't show it, some remarking how good Bruce looked, eliciting a gracious thank you. Before each person entered the condo, they were instructed to use hand sanitizer and not to touch Bruce for fear of passing along any errant germ that could prove fatal to a man with a severely compromised immune system. Bruce, of course, welcomed the touch. That afternoon, the choir sang for their former conductor for what turned out to be the final time. Judging from his face, it looks as if the music has transported Kramer somewhere else. He looks at once blissful, but sad. He calls the progression of the disease winding down, and as his death draws closer, he's been asking himself questions many of us would too when faced with our own mortality. Did I do the things I wanted to do? Did I say the things I wanted to say to loved ones? I've had some pretty funny conversations with my kids in which I've, what I've wanted to make sure they understood that um, and this seemed really important to me at the time. Now I kind of laugh about it, but um, I wanted to make sure they knew that I really don't want to die. I'm going to miss them, going to miss them a lot, and um, I think they'll miss me too. Oh, of course they're going to miss you, Bruce, for goodness sakes. Stop it. Stop. You know, come on. How did they handle these conversations? Oh, they kind of hit me up the side of the head and say, Oh, Dad, you know, I'm I'm really blessed. Both of my sons are very comfortable talking about what I find that I need to talk about. I find myself needing to say things like, I tried to do my best, tried to be the best parent I could, tried to be the best husband I could. And uh, 
I find myself just wanting to make sure that they know how rich my life has been because they've been in it. I think these are the kinds of things that as you finally wind down and wind into the time that's left, I think it's very normal to be considering these kinds of questions. At the same time, the answer is not, oh, you've done plenty, don't worry about it. That is the wrong answer. And I'm telling you this because I, I think all of us will face a time when someone we love is going to die. And in that time, I think we will be challenged with the same kinds of questions, the same kinds of thinking. And in that process, we'll be thinking to ourselves, I've got to tell them that everything's okay. Well, you know, actually, that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, please hear me that I did my best. And accept it. Accept the fact that in this process, as I go, I will go with a much more peaceful heart, knowing that you accept that I did my best. Do you find, though, with the people that you've talked to and your life experiences, that it's just hard for people to hear that? You know, I've been preparing my family and my friends and myself for this moment now for four years. I have friends who are asking me questions very upfront. Are you afraid to die? What does it feel like? Is there something that you wish you could have done? And actually, I'm very appreciative of those questions. So if I'm hearing you right, Bruce, this more open communication that you're experiencing with friends and family is it's healing for you rather than being intrusive. Absolutely. The healing comes in the honesty, because in the honesty, we can actually express what we really feel. So it's not so much that a person is able to ask a question like, are you afraid to die? But it's the fact that we have built such strength of relationship that they can ask that question. And by answering it, I could also communicate just how important their friendship has been to me. I think if you approach this like you're trying to run away from it, or you're trying to close it off, I don't want to talk about it, I think what happens then is that you find yourself becoming more and more embittered. You become more and more uh, in denial. And nobody knows what they can say. They're afraid to talk with you. And you're afraid to talk with them because you haven't acknowledged the truth of the situation. You're not fooling anyone, you know. So you might as well acknowledge what's going on and live through it, live into it, and reap this beautiful reward of people that you love expressing their love. There are people, Bruce, who are listening to this and thinking, look, what's wrong with kind of keeping your own counsel, as it were. And, and maybe there are some people who tough it out and who don't want to share feelings and who just want to go forth and into that good night and, and don't want to burden other people with thoughts and emotions and feelings. There are people who are like that. Do you have any, though, advice as to how to maybe reach an individual like that? If you think of death 
as a beautiful stained glass window, and your life is shining through it as light. Think of what comes out on the other side. But if instead you shine your life up against concrete block, it's just reflected back to you. And nobody really gets to see the beauty that was you. And so my realization was that if I could live into this dying, if I could continue to look for the moments, the beautiful moments, the details of just being with my family or being with my friends, listening to music, enjoying a great basketball play for crying out loud, that in those moments, that light would shine through rather than bouncing back at me. I don't buy that there are just people that don't want to do this. What I buy is we have been taught to ignore the gift that death brings to us such focus, such life. And so I say, grab your death and live into it. It's so wonderful. On the next Living While Dying, an ALS story, Bruce Kramer senses a tipping point.